Sorry, that was my phone. Oh, could you be more unprofessional? Do you know what the phone was? It was an alarm going off reminding me to record the podcast. Anyway, yes, well, welcome uh, to episode 10 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast, and they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> well, the uh, quality hasn't, to be fair. No, to, no, it's plummeted. I think that's fair. And But believe me, it's got quite a way to go, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, my name's Nick Page, and I'm joined um, by Joe Davis. So, here's the thing we wanted to ask listeners, which is... Mm. Should you and I attempt a live event, or like a weekend or a retreat or something like that, but a mid-faith crisis live event? Basically, it would be of no help to anyone uh, whatsoever, but it might be fun. Yeah, but it would be expensive, but you'd get a free mug. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what they do? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. And you get uh, handouts. We can do handouts. <laughs> yeah. Don't proper speakers do handouts. I never I do handouts. I don't handout. know, do they? No, I don't. People get Who cross. Who does handouts? Yeah. That's because I never know what I'm going to say before I get up talking. <laughs> but supposing, supposing handouts. we did know what we were going to say. Yes. And have like proper sessions and do it somewhere beautiful where people would could be free to ignore our sessions and go and be in beautiful creation. With a bar. Would there be any interest in that? So, yes, if you would be interested yeah. in a live mid-faith crisis kind of weekend uh, in a nice retreat somewhere, uh, we just need to know if there's any appetite for that. So You and me planning an event, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> we need some marketing here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. On with the show. And uh, I'm not that Hello. interested, but how was your week? <laughs> it was truly memorable. Was it? It was great. Yeah, it's all good. Yes, I went to see the Batman Lego movie last night with my wife. Is it good? Uh, do you know, it made me laugh a lot. There's so many gags and so many visual gags, you can't keep up with them. Uh, that I love the Lego complaint. movie. The Lego movie, I, I actually watched that the other day again. I haven't seen and that yet. The, the Lego have you not seen the Lego movie? No, I haven't seen it. Everyone oh, said it's great. It's, it's great. Okay, and how so, about you? What have you been up to? I've been divesting myself of clothes. Have you? I wish you wouldn't. On eBay. I've been selling off. I've got this urge to sell loads of stuff. Have you? And just, Are you, you know, minimalising? Well, I don't think it'd be exactly minimalising, given the sheer amount of stuff that still remains in the house. I don't very know. Good. Don't you ever get these urges? Yes, I do. I'm very, it's very cleansing. And yes, um, both, both of us love getting rid of stuff. Do Less you? stuff. Yeah, we want to end up with no stuff. Thing yeah, is, you don't actually know the point you're going to die, and that makes it difficult. But yeah, yeah um, the... I could arrange that for you if you Thank really want you. to know. Could you? <laughs> yes, I have a little side business that can be very, very precise about the moment of somebody's death. Uh, <laughs> it would be terrible if people took that yes, seriously. I know. I know. Okay. Well, let's let's um, uh, pick up. Do we have any feedback? Okay. Yes. Uh, two things. Um, uh, I did ask the question, pose the question, for which we got little response about what should we call? What's the collective noun for people in mid-faith crisis? And I got someone come back who said we should be called crisists, but I don't crisis. like it because it's a bit too close to Christ, and I just think I'm yeah. going to say it wrong. And yes. so yes, I did think we could be called the Christ sets, but we're still not, still not really there. 
That sounds no. like a kind of 60s backing band, the Christ sets. So uh, anyway, well there, well, there we go. Come up with some names for heaven's sake. Because yes, just, please. Just put it, stop him going on about it. Yes. Uh, anyway. Now, also, we had a uh, an email, if I can just find it, from um, from Rob, who is uh, who's written before. Uh, when, of course, we ignored it. And he said this, I was very disappointed with Jim's email that you read out from the last session on how to disagree. Not because of the content, although the language was a bit flowery, but more because <laughs> but more because we had a cheap bet on who would get a mention on your podcast first, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. Well, I want to encourage this kind of tawdry behaviour, I must yeah, say, indeed, within the, yeah. <laughs> within the church of mid-faith. Always good to encourage a bit of cheap gambling, I feel. Okay, but he did go on, but his question about how to disagree is excellent and worthy of further consideration because we midlifers, if we stay in church at all, agitate for growth and change and and something beyond, something better than the status quo. Also, just as doubt is a key ingredient of faith, showing us clearly the frontier of our personal walk, so disagreement shows us the frontier of our collective truth-searching. It's really important. It's really fantastic when it goes well. The more variation we have in our community, the more certain we can be that truth exists somewhere amongst us. We can tease it out together over time. If we all agree, we are blinded to our collectively held mistruths. Well, how's that for a good point? Mm, mm. It's true. And also, we are blinded to our collectively held mistruths. How's that? They yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's also, but we should also have a bit more positivity, and you know, we have collectively held truths as well. I think you know that we're yes, not blind exactly. to, and yeah. to recognise those as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great. Thank you very much. And also, let me just read Thoughtful the end of this. People. I know they're amazing. And he says, this, "How about uh, this?" Is uh, uh, you know later on in the email. He says, "How about you be you and I be me, and we both be okay with that, and give each other the validation as a starting point." Now let's talk. In many disagreements, we start off so uncomfortable with the difference that we see in the other that the exercise becomes one of persuasion, where we really need to win, uh, and for the other to change. It causes re- real offence when we try to change each other to make ourselves mm. feel more solid. And that's just a, another great little nugget yeah. there. And people don't really change that much, do they? That's the thing. Not in arguments like that. Not no, in they, disagreements. They really don't. They change in their own time. Yes, you know, it takes a long time. And that whole thing about, as we said many times before, about respecting each other, even though mm. we think differently, is is vitally important. So, incidentally, I've got to flag this up. We've had another, yet another fantastic uh, email uh, from Dorothy. Dorothy, we are not ignoring you. It's just that your emails are so good and so thought-provoking. We decided what you need to uh, dedicate an entire podcast to a one Dorothy of them, so. special. Yes, a Dorothy special, basically. So, Dorothy, if you're listening, thank you again as ever for your wonderful correspondence. Thank you. Well, and uh, anyway, uh, thank you for that. I've I've got a, a a letter here that I haven't quite finished, but I've almost finished. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and it says, dear, d- dear Mr. and Mrs. Davis, sorry not to have been in touch, but I've been away on a deep colonic cleansing retreat at the local agricultural college. Irrigation is so important at my age. I'm sure you agree. Anyway, I can't help noticing that there's been a lot of questions in the media about that lovely Mr. Trump. So I just wanted you to answer this. Is he born again or not? Yours, Ethel Sad Old Person, uh, 15 Fluffy Hat Villas. Um, well, it's good she's had a deep cleansing, Regine. It, it, it is. That's not going to help do anything for global warming. 
I would have thought. <laughs> I, well, it's funny that, isn't it? Because that was it sort is, of the topic we were thinking. We were sort about, of going to. We were heading off into the born again territory, weren't we? Yeah. Not him yeah. Pacif- specifically, or even specifically, but because. There is that sort of question, isn't there? You see all these Facebook posts about has he become a Christian? Is he saved? Well, he clearly is because Benjamin Franklin, who is uh, Billy Graham's, no, Benjamin, Benjamin no, Franklin he? is dead. No, he's a. Let me start you mean that. Franklin Graham. <laughs> Franklin Graham. It's yeah. been a long day. It's been a, it's been a Okay, long, I'll, I'll long start career. that again, even yeah. though I know you're going to leave that in because you like <laughs> to humiliate me openly. <laughs> He clearly is born again because Franklin Graham, who is Billy Graham's son, has come out and said so, hasn't he? So that's yeah. I think not only is he born again, but he thinks everybody else is born again because he certainly treats us all like we were born yesterday. So (laughs) hang on, thank you. Carefully worked joke. Yeah. So born again. So I mean that that phrase, you know, so much of our growing up, um, you know, and our kind of yeah. Raising in the church, are you born again? Are you a yeah. born again Christian? If I was to ask you that question, Joe, are you born again? Yeah. What would you say? Uh, well, I'd have two responses. Would it you? Dep- it depends. You often are. do have two responses, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> but the one we can podcast. Okay, good. Uh, I'd want to. I'd want to say, what do you mean by being born again? Saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, Your that. name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> this Lamb gets around a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> this is, the Lamb is busy. Anyway, so, yeah, are you, you know, redeemed? Bound yeah. for glory? I mean, I, uh, I, do ha- I do have two responses to that. Uh, on the one hand, <laughs> to uh, you. Thank you. Um, because why you know do you, that why do you feel that, that, well, why, that is why the, is that because that is why are you the, angry that is the sort of question that normally comes at people who don't know you it's not normally a question a friend asks it's normally someone who's confrontational who basically thinks you're not like them and you probably need to be so that's why i would go on a good day mm. um uh but you know if you're asking the question of course all of those terms all of these, you know, ancient terms come loaded with meaning that I might not necessarily give it. So I may think that, well, the answer to that question in my eyes is yes, but the answer to that question in your eyes could well be no, because I don't think exactly the same way as you do on certain key doctrines or certain theories of the atonement. So, So it does depend what is being meant by that. Personally, I think born again... It comes with so much baggage from sort of the kind of 50s evangelical Billy Graham crusades that I don't know we want to go there. But the the fact that it is still being talked about means that I would really like to recover that phrase. Uh, yeah, so I think we should yeah. go there, yeah. but I think we should we should go there in an understanding or better understanding of what it is. What? That Jesus was talking about. Is that your cue to go into Greek and what it meant? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, I think, firstly, the, 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 it's a question of whether you can translate it born again or born from above. Yeah. Uh, or even begotten from above. So it's, you know, sure. born being the sort of passive thing that happens to you. Begotten means fathered or parented from, from above. Um I mean, I think it's a curious thing, isn't it? Because it's mentioned once, really. And, and yet, so often in, in Christian theology, yeah. we build these enormous kind of 
yeah. edifices on things that just get barely mentioned at all, but they're quite sort of compelling and and mysterious phrases. I think for a first century Jew, for Nicodemus asking that question in uh, in Jerusalem, yeah, Jesus' response would be quite um, shocking because I mean the whole co- the concept of being um, born from above, born from the Father. You know, in that in that culture, your birth was everything. Who you, sure, who, who, sure. Where you were born, to what class you were born, particularly to what nationality you were born, was absolutely sort of crucial. It defined everything about you. Um, yeah. So when Jesus says, well, you must start again, that's a, that's a clear kind of break yeah. for a start. But I think, I, I, I wonder, I mean, there's a theory, for example, that... Um, what Jesus is actually referring to is something that Nicodemus would have been familiar with, which is um, the idea that you could become a Jew, proselyte, you become a proselyte. Yeah. And, and part of the phraseology that was used about that was your, your washing, your ritual cleansing, your, your baptism, yeah. was that you were reborn. In fact, some rabbis yeah. argued that you, such was the break that if you, as a Gentile, you became a Jew and you became, you, you could in fact marry your own mother because you were no longer what? related to her. Oh. I know. Oh. It shows you the kind of things they talked about in pubs in those days, really. Uh, you know. <laughs> then never mind who would win a fight between the lion and the tiger. They went for meteor yeah. matters. But, you know, <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> and the, so, you know, I think it, what he's saying to, to almost sometimes, I think what he's, what he's saying to Nicodemus in some ways, what he's saying is, is you must become a proper Jew. You must, you must convert to Judaism, oh. you know, which would have been a really quite offensive thing to say but i think there is that, that at the base of it is that language about a new start a completely new start a new so, family a new father a new nationality and okay. that's something that goes right through new testament teaching i think okay. in terms of and what it, paul talks about new citizenship all that kind and of stuff. it must be linked with re- the word repentance then metanoia which we well it's about because yeah, I, I that think, was a whole new yeah a new worldview a new yeah. way of thinking a yeah, new I, way of shaping i, I, I mean i think world. when jesus you know, Jesus um, talks a lot in the language of, of of coming to think, of starting something, of of doing something new. Uh, but I think he, he, what they, what all those things, all the ways he talks about it, it's like, so you must become like a little child, for example, when he talks about that. Um, yeah. he, he often talks about it in the language of sort of giving up on things. So in order to, in order to join the kingdom of heaven, there is something else that you must, in fact, give up. You give up your status. Uh, right. You know, you 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 give up your uh, wealth. Yeah. You know, you give up you you give up your family connections. You know, he okay. talks in those great hyper hyperbolic things about you know whoever does not hate his father right. and mother and you know all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. There is that sense of a a, a deep, um, what's the word? A deep uh, break. With, with your past. And a, and a radical taking on of a new identity. Yes. You see, because yes. I, I, um, I'm reading this book at the moment. Yeah, yeah, reading a book. Yeah, wow. okay, spare me. Velveteen uh, Rabbit. <laughs> no, not yet, but I'm going to get that. You're building um, up to that. I'm building up to it. I'm working up to it. No, I'm reading a book by a chap called John Philip Newell, who is a very interesting chap, and it's called The Rebirthing of God. Oh. And it's he's steeped in the kind of incarnational tradition or Celtic tradition. And uh, he he mentioned this phrase, being born again. So his interpretation of being born again is that which is deepest 
deepest within us coming forth, which is something that I connect to so, so much. I mean, as as a, someone in that sort of Celtic spirituality, you know, they believe that, you know, God is in all things, and that, you, you know, and, and nature and yeah. life and all of life is very sacred. And that we have, I mean, this is the thing about being born again. I think it's been hijacked by one end of the spectrum. And the problem is always original sin. How are we going to deal with original sin? Well, here's how you deal with original sin. You get born again. Mm. And, and you know, that, that's the starting point of so much of our evangelism and so much of our ways of thinking and doctrines. But the Celts start with original goodness. They start with you are born in the image of God. You have the image of God. And since you're made of God, as um, Teresa of Avila would have said, was it Teresa? She of wasn't Avila? technically no, a Celt. No, not Teresa of Avila. It was, sorry, Julian of Norwich. Julian well, of neither Norwich was she a Celt. said, We are made of God. And at which point everyone goes, Ah, oh, pantheism. Oh, you can't say we're God and you can't say. It. And, and of course, they're not saying that. But, you know, I, I've, I get this a lot. <laughs> Well, how do We're you not... answer that then, if you well, get it a lot? Well, because you've said it before on podcasts about how God is in the fluffy butterflies and the bees and in the grass. And God is. God well, how could God possibly... Celtic on me. My question to that is how could God possibly not be? Well, yeah, yes, that... no, but I want you to clarify whether or not that's being pantheistic. Well, pantheistic is saying God is the butterfly. God ah. is the dog. God is the fluffy animal. Uh, God is that. And, and you are God and I am God and we are God's. There's a song there. Um, and, and that is pantheism. Panentheism, if you want to get really technical about it, is saying, well, you started it, um, is, is when you're saying, no, it's not that we... It's, it's saying that God is not a being, just to go back over old territory, but God is being itself. All there is is God. And the whole of creation is the incarnational moment. It's God springing forth. Mm. into this thing and so and so oh, i can't even remember where i was going now sorry i got bored no that's all right no i no you, no it's fine you've clarified because so i was just about to i mean i was trying to work out whether you were orthodox or not which brings us back to you know that usage of born again yes which is which is that i think where we go wrong with it is what you were saying is that it becomes a question of are you in the club Exactly. Are you are you one of ah, us? Ah, yeah. You know. And so the Celtic answer to that is, everything is in the club. All of creation is in the club. We already have the mm. God image within us, but if be, to be born again is to allow that to rise mm. from. Well, within. I think that's interesting. I didn't know. Uh, I don't know that that writer. I don't know who can say that. But I was what I was thinking was, what I was trying to say earlier about that. That it, that chimes in with the idea of that sort of deep surrender to God, mm. that Jesus. Yes. So G, G, when Jesus talks about salvation in in the Gospels, a lot of people get saved who quite clearly haven't been born again in that sense. You know, in the kind yeah. of made a decision for Christ that, that yeah. Paul talks about. You know, um, yeah. so I, I was reading the other day in Luke when the woman um, bathes his feet. You know, this was this sort of loose woman. Mm various mm. loose morals let's not talk about that he comes and bathes his feet with tears you know and he says um your faith has saved you go in peace your faith has yeah. saved you go and he yeah. says it twice to her and it's because i think that that she's come at that moment of absolute sort of vulnerability yeah um 
she's she's got nothing left. She has absolutely yeah. nothing. She's given up on anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I think that that happens a lot. The, that Jesus meets people who have lost everything and then yeah. says, "You are saved. Yeah. You are actually saved." Um, so salvation is a much um, what's the word more uh, sort of messier thing not messier much it's, it's not the kind of cut well, and dried I've made the decision I've prayed the prayer thing that it, we've turned it, it into it is um, a messy thing and any honest reading of the scriptures I think says actually in our in our scriptures that we revere so much there aren't neat formulas there aren't nice things there aren't a plus b plus c equals d or leads to d you know, I remember when I was at college, we were doing a thing on the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes. And it's, it's a fascinating study in the book of Acts. You know, the Holy Spirit comes before someone has preached, during someone's yeah, preaching, yeah. after someone's yeah. preaching. So, so when are people baptised in the Spirit? It's absolute madness. It's chaos. It cannot <laughs> be controlled. It's wildfire. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that gets in the way of this idea that you are kind of saved like like your membership has been stamped and i you know i understand that we have moved to a different relationship with god i'm not saying about that yeah but i'm not but what i am saying is that's not a kind of you know permanent green card in that sense it's not the suddenly yeah. you're in that you're born again paul, one day and that's it that's it because paul well you know talks in in um in philippians about you know work out your salvation in fear and trembling so if it's a one-off thing that you've automatically got why are we having to work out at yeah it? And and I think that's to do with our concept of this, what you were saying about sin, you know, what sin is and, and how we deal with it. So it deals with original sin. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, all right, you were saying about the Celts. Um, I have a lot of questions as a historian about what we kind of attribute to the Celts. But because I think, you know... You have a lot of questions about everything, Nick. Well, you know, we went through that whole period of Celtic worship, didn't we? Which anybody, Celtic anyone was suddenly Celtic, if they, Celtic worship, if they played a tin whistle. And shouted Begora instead of Hallelujah. I don't remember that don't you remember particular that? move of the spirit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds well, great. You know, Begora! Against, uh, yeah, so anyway, don't get me going. Anyway, but um, where was I? <laughs> Your grasp of worship trends is so impressive. Well, it was in the ages. All that Celtic worship CDs came out, and it was basically a bloke with a tin whistle going diddly 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 do hallelujah. Rubbish about oh, the goose being the symbol of the spirit. What a load of nonsense. Anyway, a load of old coracles. That's the Celts. Anyway, you know, no. Um, so we think it's dealing with that original sin. You know, which right, is, yeah. there's a whole question there. Anyway. Um, I think it's about much more about, you know, that you do, you come into this entirely new relationship, you come into this new kinship, into this new family, everything starts again. And if I can out-monk you in terms of right. Celticness, yes. I like um, Anthony, St. Anthony the, of the Desert. Oh, OK. Do you know him? Yeah, of Egypt. Yes, that's the one. Mm. Uh, as opposed to Anthony of the Dessert, who's much more fun, <laughs> fun to be with. Much yeah, less aesthetic. Made a lovely pavlova. <laughs> he did. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Uh, so, Anthony, he said, every morning I must say again to myself, today I start. So, I don't, you know, for me, it's not about being born again once, as, as that's every time. You know, it's a constant series of restarts because it's a movement back towards God. 
I yeah. keep, so I keep reminding myself that yeah. I'm, this is exactly. about resurrection, that I, yeah. I need to move towards God. Salvation, yeah. I think, is about that direction. And the Greek, the Orthodox have a kind of this idea of synergy, that we're working together with God yeah. um, in, in, in our salvation, which I think, I think makes a lot more Oh, and I think it's, sense, really. it's so important for the mid-faith crisis, because I think a lot of what you think is going on in the mid-faith crisis is, oh, I'm losing something. Yeah. So I was born again, but now I think maybe I'm losing it because yeah. I don't. But actually, the invitation of mid-faith crisis, of all these doubts, of all these questions is to be born anew to a much deeper, much richer faith, much deeper, um, I don't want to use cliches, but walk with God, knowledge of God, life mm. with God. Mm. That's the invitation of all these doubts and all these questions. And you're going to end up in a different place. And I, it, you know, I do find it personally a little bit annoying on my bad days when you, know, you get accused of, well, you've gone a bit liberal a bit wishy-washy, as if you have unthinkingly slipped away from the very clear doctrines that you once held dear and now you're playing a bit fast and loose with the rules, whereas actually what's happening, I think, in mid-faith Greece is you're questioning everything at a much deeper level and you're dismantling the old framework that doesn't work so well and you're building something so much bigger, so much more inclusive, so much more wonderful, an image of God that transcends your own little tribe and the own little narrow way of thinking to something that is vast and open. And God emerges from this time far bigger, far more loving, far more wonderful, far more present than we ever dared dream. So, I mean, a lot of what's happening then, it's not so much about rejecting the the concept or rejecting the, or even rejecting the phrase, but really... Um, um, Revealing what it's really about, yeah. or, or understanding Re- it, and redefining out, it. it, it redef- yeah. Well, you know, or just going deeper into it, stripping yeah. back what all the sort of sillinesses that have been applied to it—the idea of joining the club yeah. and becoming elect yeah. and all that nonsense. Yeah. But actually, you know, going to what did Jesus? What is Jesus really talking about? What he's talking about is a complete surrender, stripping away of what you held dear, your ethnicity, your kin, your. Yeah. You know, your chosenness yeah. that you were relying on. And he's saying, actually, there's a whole different thing. I, I, and I love that idea because I think there's always something more that we have to surrender to um, to Christ. You know, that idea of, of coming yeah. to, to God in vulnerability, even that sense of coming to him as a child, you know. Yeah, which is something that I think as men we, you know, generally find particularly difficult um, I don't like making gender generalizations as a rule, but I mean, I do think typical man. Yeah, thanks. I think it's. I think we do struggle to, you know, swallow the pride sometimes yes, and go. Yes. Do, do you know yes. what I? That's I, I think why so often with the mid faith crisis it comes actually at a point when you. You have kind of given up when you've you've yeah. come to the end of your tether. You've got nothing else. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of these episodes we will talk about your story, uh, a little yeah. bit because it's it's sure. just funny to laugh at you. In, you. in your psychological distress i'll enjoy that <laughs> i missed my calling you should have been a, a pastor a, i should have been a pastor i know a lot of people that do call you a pastor i think <laughs> it's pastor. yeah it's misheard a lot they shout it at me in the street mm. um you know the, uh, uh, so a lot of people come to their deepest times of understanding simply because actually there is nothing else they've, they've got to surrender because yeah and and the great thing about it is we're not surrendering to fate or or you know hopelessness we are surrendering yeah. to uh, 
a, a really loving God. Well, that's enough for this week, I think. So what what can we help people? How can we help people take something from this? And uh, how can do we something? help people ever take anything from this, Joe? It's a <laughs> mess. All I'd say is I would think well, it's a good prayer to pray, to come to God and to, to surrender. And yeah. maybe there is something that you know in your life you haven't surrendered to him. You haven't some yeah. fear, some uh, sense of ownership, some sense of uh, privilege, something, you know, I don't know, something that you know you're holding back from him uh, I think it is a good thing to come before God and say I'm just giving everything to you I am starting again yeah. every morning, every day I start again um, yeah. and the great thing is we're not surrendering to to um, fate or to some hopelessness or to some you know just stoic mm. uh, stoic, a bit stoic stoicism in the face of darkness or anything like that we are we are just coming as a child in surrender to to a God who loves us. Yeah, absolutely. She does. <sighs> Thank you from our Californian correspondent over there. Good. Well, there we Thank are. You. So I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to, to, to find out that you're born again. That's reassured me about you. Not all that Celtic whiffle. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. It's great. Right. And, and listen, and just to say to all the listeners, we would love to hear from you. Please keep those um, emails coming in. Uh, Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Anyway, so thank you for listening. Um, thank you. We'll be with you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.